can't compass bullshit. Love Talk Radio. Go! cat dragged in baby dolls ladies and gentlemen happy homecoming happy thanksgiving eve this is the metal hammer of doom and i am your host a mandated reporter and frankly i'm mortified mr mark rattledge and you guessed it we are reviewing 1986's poison Look what the cat dragged in. And if you're asking yourself, what was the shit you just played? Brett Michaels decided to re-record some old uh, Poison tracks with uh, in different styles with other, uh, other musicians. And that amalgamation of nonsense became the album Show Me Your Hits, a tribute to Poison. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that version of Look What the Cat Dragged In. It, it, it definitely, for me, falls into the category of it's so bad it's good. When else am I going to play that on the Metal Hammer of Doom? I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare play it on our coverage show because Jesse wouldn't vote for it and I'd lose. Anyway, speaking of Jesse, speaking of covers, speaking of Robert, speaking of 80s, We've got a we've got some uh, we've got a full boat here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We've got the first chair, the second chair, and a guest chair. So let's get to it because I know everyone's chomping at the bit to talk about. Look what the cat dragged in. First, the first chair. He's uh, my co-host with the most, the me- uh, the metal coop, Robert Cooper. How do you do, sir? I think Children of Bodom covered that. It's probably a lot better because that cover, I was like. I was like, I don't remember P.O.D. doing this. And then it's, <laughs> I don't know. It, it gave a, a, a nice hippity-hoppity vibe to me. Just just, just just like kind of that rap metal sort of vibe. Yeah, no, Children mm-hmm. of Bodom's cover has to be better. For the love of God, please let it be better. <laughs> Speaking of better, he's the host of source material in his own right. He's the disapproving dad. He's the man that puts up with my intense scheduling. Ladies and gentlemen, 
He's a genius at pooping. Mr. Jesse Starcher, how do you do, sir? <laughs> a title I challenge anyone out there to, to try and take away from me. I am a genius at pooping. Ah, Mark Radlich in the marathoning scheduling. Yes, sir. I have been a part of that as well. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to be here tonight. Sorry, I got in here just a tad late. Uh, again, once again, my, my computer has been ravaged by the 7- and 12-year-old, so I had to do some adjustments quickly. You'd think I'd get used to that by now. You, you should tell them the next time they touch your computer and it's not left in the condition that, it, uh, that you left it in, that you're going to break their hands. <laughs> the I will do that. <laughs> And, it is, and I am proud to introduce our guest panelist tonight, somebody who demanded I let him on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the punching pugilist, totally 80s, Mr. Pat Mullen, if you will. Yes, baby. Normally, I abhor the music that you play on this show, baby. But tonight, the dream, the dream is coming true, if you will. The Bull of the Woods gets to review some... Hard times with some rock and roll from the greatest era of them all, baby. <laughs> so, Dusty, what did you think of Brett Michaels' reimagining of Look What the Cat Dragged In that opened our show tonight? Baby, I'm asking you for chicken salad. you give me chicken shit. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, sir. Very good. All right. Uh, as I said... Classic Dusty. Look what the cat... <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you on the show, Pat. Uh, Look at the Cat Dragged In debuted in August of 1986 through Enigma Records. And can we all agree that this was the height of what became known as the glam metal era? I, is that, can anyone here really disagree with that statement? Pat, I'll go to you first. Is, is this where it kind of you know, peaks and, and then starts to level off after this? I think if you're going to point to any single album as the zenith of what we call either glam metal or hair metal, this is that point. This is when it was as high as it could go. This is the most uh, hair metal, hair metal album that there is from the cover to the tunes to everything about it from the time. This is it. Jesse, were you familiar at all with Poison, or would you fall into the category of people that said, nope, this is even too gay for me? No thanks. <laughs> no. Uh, 1986, what am I? I'm, I'm rocking eight years old at that point in time. Uh, so this might have fell off my radar, but there are, well, there's easily, I think, two or three songs off this album that I'm sure I paid attention to, uh, because there was being played in rotation in my area, uh, specifically Talk Dirty to Me. Um, and I, I swear there was another one. As we go through it, I, I'll probably recognize uh, recognize it by title. But, yeah, man, Poison was something else when I was a kid. I mean, these, these guys were whew, off the chain uh, when it come to the over-the-top. Like, I was just looking at the cover of this album tonight. And I, I, Kira walks in the room. I said, take a look at that picture. She goes, who are those girls? I said, all right, there you go. Uh, <laughs> that, that was Vixen, Kira. <laughs> uh, but yes, Robert Cooper, yes. let's go. Uh, oh, okay, I know you were. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> done. Please continue. <laughs> continue, sir. Um, 
Now, Robert Cooper, the, the tradition has been on this show, which started with, I think, St. Anger, uh, for us to review a terrible album. Do you and you're and you're now be careful here because you're on here with, with, with totally 80s Pat Mullen and, and Jesse Starcher and myself, and we certainly can appreciate a big chunk of cheese. We like our glam metal, Robert Cooper, and I'm curious to see where you stand. Does this fall into the same category as the infamous Stomp 442 or Metallica's St. Anger as one of the shittier albums we've on purpose reviewed? You know, you're still forgetting my uh, my favorite of these shitty albums, Cold Lake, Celtic like Celtic Frost, Frost because uh, <laughs> that that was Celtic Frost trying to be Poison, and I'm like, guys, <laughs> that train derailed in like '88. Why are you doing this in like '91? Really doesn't make any sense. But uh, no, uh, upon listening to this album, I'll admit there are some songs that uh, I, I see the popularity of. There are some well crafted songs here. Uh, and then some others that are uh, really indicative of the hair metal style. It really has kind of that pop, those pop sensibilities, the real catchy hooks. It's not necessarily brain surgery, but it's amusing. But there are some songs on here. I'm just like, Ugh. it is musical lobotomy for me. There's it's just, sometimes there's just nothing to it. <laughs> but it, it is better than I expected because I'm not fond of. I'm not a big hair metal guy, and I'm not very fond of Poison. Now, Wasp, you get me started on Wasp. That's some good shit. Wasp is the um, is the, the the fuck band. What was that song that was really popular? Fuck Like a Beast. If you, yeah, Fuck, fuck Like a Beast. That's and right. uh, they threw live raw meat at the crowd. No, oh, wow. Blackie oh, used to shoot uh, fireworks out of his crotch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Blackie Law was a, was a weird guy, and then he found Jesus, and that was pretty much it. Like, like you do. Look what the cat dragged in with certified gold in 1987 and three times multi-platinum in 1990 by the uh, RIAA. It's also been certified silver by the BPI and platinum in Canada. So there you go. Uh, this, this was a very popular album in its day, and I think even today, you know, when you look at... Uh, influences on other bands poison's up there i think people you know it's it's not that poison necessarily uh influences you know people to really shred on their guitars or whatever but i think and certainly and certainly in 2017 no one's taking their look from poison unless you're in steel, steel panther, panther. Uh, yep. <laughs> but i but i would say that there's a there are people that grew up listening to this still sing these songs. I think Talk Dirty to Me is still is one of those anthems of the 80s that when it comes on, wherever you are in life, whatever's going on in your little world, if Talk Dirty comes on, you're going to stop and sing along. And and mm-hmm. I and there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said, you know, to be sort of an earworm stuck in people's minds for decades after the song comes out. So good on Poison for that. Uh, before we get into the first track, I want to announce next year's pre-Thanksgiving nomination. I don't want to, I don't want to be a dictator. You know, I like to, (laughs) but I've already got next year's show picked out. Uh, I want to see what you guys think of this. I'm thinking Goyles, Goyles, Goyles by Motley Crue. What do you think? It's a good album, not a great album. From what I remember, it's a one, I don't know if it's it's a one song album. 
<laughs> don't know I've got to look it up out. to see what's on there. I Motley would say Crew by their own admission said that they, that they put no thought into that album. That was like they like girls, 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 and then there was nothing. Wow. But, there's a, now, um, as much as as much as I love Motley Crue, that would imply that there is thought in their other albums. <laughs> hey, Doctor Feelgood is a, is fucking amazing. Though, have you ever heard the Doctor Feelgood demos? Wow, did they clean those up? I mean, post production, yikes! It was like they added CGI to that album. Um, <laughs> nothing to think about. <laughs> they probably just tried to wipe out all that cocaine or something. <laughs> There's cocaine everywhere in a dead body. Thanks, Vince Neil. Well, I would right, say that. Um, I was just going to say. Oh, not Razzle. We ha- There's two <laughs> songs. Two songs that open it up that are like the greatest one-two punch on Motley Crue's probably album history with Wild Side and Girls, 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 like track one and two. So, Okay, wow. yeah, Wild Side, I would agree. I forgot that was on there. Yeah. No, and then they blew their no, wad. No, no. <laughs> actually... On that album, they do a cover of Jailhouse Rock, which is crazy, but I liked it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember, what was that album they had with, uh, oh, shit. They had one album with some other guy from the 90s. Damn it. Was it the guy from Extreme? Oh, yeah. No. The one that depressed everybody. Yeah, John, uh, what's his name? Uh, After Vince left. John Karabi, yeah. Yeah, the the I remember them talking about. I read. I actually read the book that that Motley Crue all wrote together, and they were saying that like they were tour, they were touring with John Karabi, and people were just depressed. <laughs> the worst, absolutely the worst. Uh, and I believe it's the Motley Crue self-titled album. But I don't yeah. know. Uh, if you guys can come up with something, girls, 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 by all means, nominated. I'm not a dictator, but uh, just Van I thought that would be a fun three. one to do. Oh God, Van Halen three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see a dark horse one. Uh, Destruction, the world's worst human cannonball. That that it's a German thrash band that decided to go uh, to go uh, Nirvana. Pat Boone's heavy metal album. Dude, I love oh. that album. Oh, <laughs> no, I ironically love that album. I can't say a bad thing about Pat Boone in a metal mood. That was the best. Uh, Jesse, have you ever heard Pat Boone's in a metal mood? No, no, I had no idea that existed. <laughs> you don't, wow. You haven't lived until you hear a jazzy, swinging version of Judas Priest. You got another thing coming. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> uh, we need to do that on the show one day. Maybe, maybe we'll do that for Halloween next year, just for shits and giggles, if nothing better comes out. Uh, <laughs> we need a good cover um, album. I'm nominating Pat Boone in a metal mood. All right. Uh, before this turns into Mark schedules another year of podcasts, podcast. Let's go ahead. It's and too play soon, first. damn it. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and play our first track. This is the, this is a song I want to dedicate to Robert Cooper after your last Facebook uh, post. This is or the, whatever you posted in Messenger, but crying into your cat. This is <laughs> Cry Tough.
you got to cry tough, Pat. What do you think? I happen to be a fan of cry tough because there's two things I can place this song into. One would be the 80, the ending credits of a fantastic 80s coming of age movie. It fits right in there. Don't even tell me it doesn't. <laughs> two would be if you had a particularly fun, decadent night out with your friends and you stay out all night and the sun's starting to rise and you're just reminiscing about how awesome that night was. And that's a song that would play then. This was actually the first single uh, released off the album. And in hindsight, hearing the rest of the album, it's kind of an interesting choice because I don't think it's particularly their strongest work from this album vocally by Brett or instrumentally by uh, the rest of the band. I think they'd be better off having you something like I want action, which would really kind of punch you in the mouth and make you pay attention. And while it's not a, a bad song by any means, it sounded very much like typical radio fare of the day that would have blended in too much for me if I'm in charge of what gets released as a single. I agree with a lot of what Pat said there. Uh, Cry Tough is a perfectly serviceable song. Uh, it's definitely it definitely is emblematic of what Poison is and what Poison would really continue to be throughout most of their run. Um, skinny pop 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 pop. Um, so that that's just gonna happen, by the way, tonight. I will like Tourette's unskinny bop throughout this fucking. Why? <laughs> that has podcast. nothing to do with this album. <laughs> Other than the fact, uh, skinny pop 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 pop. Oh lord. Hey Jesse, that's... do me a favor and go grab unskinny bop. Yeah, yeah, I can just see it now. About 40 minutes into this. Hey, Jesse, just go ahead and do it. He's going to have you find a cover of it, too. Don't even kid yourself. Yeah. No, I have to find Brett Michaels' cover of Poison. You guys who aren't seeing this live in person aren't seeing that every time Mark says unskinny bop-bop, there are two hollowed lime green images next to him on each side of hologram marks dancing along and singing with him. Oh, <laughs> that's oh, an image. God. That's an image. Uh, no, I'm not going to make you grab unskinny bop. Um, but now, but I do really now want to hear when this show's over, I may have to put that on Spotify. Unskinny <laughs> bop, bop just blows me away. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, God. Talk, Jesse. You sound like, you sound like <laughs> Brett Michaels is dying of cancer. <laughs> Boo! Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, cry cry tough. All right. Again, I'll echo what you guys said. This is definitely not the strongest one off the album. It's kind of interesting. But this was their first, like, full-length album, right? There wasn't anything that came prior to this from Poison that was released or... uh, So they got to start somewhere. And maybe it's kind of tough to figure out, well, what one's going to stand out. Um, who knows what was on the radio at that point in time, and who they, they certainly didn't know that they were going to become the uh, mega band that they were. I mean, they were extremely popular. I noticed that Open Up and Say Ah came out in 88. Now, that's when I really started uh, paying attention to Poison and, and some of the songs off of that album, along with the rest of the stuff as the 90s hit. But uh, anyway, Cry Tough, it, I, have you ever used that phrase at all in your life, other than when listening to this song, this is—it just sounds like they're trying to coin a phrase that does not stick. Because you, I, I, I've never—I've never, I've never I've heard used, of it. I've used "stop crying" or "I'll give you something to cry about." Okay, well that—that that, uh, <laughs> you and my—I've used—I've used that many times here. <laughs> so, but 
Okay. Well, that that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, it, it definitely doesn't stick out amongst the rest. Uh, but uh, hey, you got to cry tough. So they they cried tough, and and they they uh, they made it. Coop. At least they weren't hanging tough. <laughs> oh, hanging oh, tough. Oh, fire, my oh, 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 hanging tough. Yeah. <laughs> and you know where. <laughs> Hanging stuff. I started. <laughs> so, uh, this is a silly. As for crying time, go ahead. Uh, I really don't understand. I'm I'm kind of at a loss for why it was chose to kind of lead off the album. To me, this feels more like a middle out. I feel like it should be in the place where uh, uh, Talk Dirty to Me is. I think Talk Dirty to Me would be more of a more impactful in terms of an Solid album over. lead. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, like I, I like the guitar work towards the end of it. Um, I just, I didn't really, I wasn't really feeling much of it. It didn't feel like there was a whole lot of whole lot to it, which I know, like yeah, glam metal. It's really more about the fun than really any sort of substance. But I feel like there's a lot better choices on this album that could have started this album better, at least in my opinion. Well, I think that is a great transition to what should have really started this album, and it's. One of the singles that did chart. There were three sing. There were four singles. Three of them charted successfully. One of them did not. This is one of the successful ones. This is I want action. I want action tonight. Satisfaction. Tonight, I was singing to all the beautiful women I work with that I wanted to be their boyfriend, which is, of course, I want to be your boyfriend by the Ramones. And no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about, by the way. I, I feel like I, like every, anything I sing, no matter what era I sing it from, no one knows what the hell I'm talking about. Oh, um, man. You better hope. If you're going up to somebody saying, I want to be your boyfriend, you better hope they get the reference. Okay? Yeah, well, I'm singing it. They, they understand it's a song. 
Oh, um, even the pretty okay. one. Yeah, sure. Jess, okay. Jess, Jesse knows what I'm talking about with the pretty one. I've mentioned her a bunch of times. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're so pretty. Denver's not a state. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I've been singing. I, I Want Action is such a catchy song. But it's in, in, you know, we're living in the age of everyone sort of witch hunting and pointing fingers and yelling out sexual harassment. And I'm sure some of it's valid. And I'm sure a lot of it is horseshit. Um, now, if you run around your job singing, I want action, you're going to end up in human resources, right? Isn't that how this goes now? <laughs> you know, Jesse's running, Jesse's in uh, the office in Ohio, and he's like, he's like, I want action tonight. And they're like, hey, hey, you take that shit down to human resources. There's no, no, no happiness around here, sir. Oh, man. I watch out for HR where I work. I, I, I keep a lookout <laughs> at all times. And I yell HR, and then I immediately stop talking. She thinks it's funny, but no, I do it for I do it because she doesn't have a uh, shred of humor in her. She may act like it, but uh, yeah, yeah. Dick jokes are not her thing. <laughs> no, I suspect I suspect I suspect not. And speaking of dick jokes, is this whole album just about the bitches? Am I right about oh. that? Right? Like this this whole album, is I would, Poison, is all about the bitches. I would say 80% of it. Yeah, yeah it, sure. I mean, it's about getting laid or it's, it's somewhat trying to get a piece for the night, at least a good bit of it is, uh, or playing there's, the tough guy there's in basically, order to get laid. There's basically, uh, and actually I'll, I'll narrow it down. I'm looking at all 10 tracks, and I would say of them, seven are about the bitches. So we'll go 70% about either getting laid, mm-hmm. wanting to get laid, or uh, <laughs> not getting laid and being pissed off about it. <laughs> or not missing the person that you used to lay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That's more on the next album, but... Yeah. So, Pat, I want action tonight. Satisfaction, all right. Get, talk, talk to me, baby. Talk dirty to me. Well, this is, again, you know, I said this would be the song I would have chosen to let off with if it was up to me um, to introduce the band, get that sound out there. Because basically Poison kind of had the rep eventually as like that 80s party band. Their songs weren't going to be deep, heavy and and make you think. It was literally going to be about what we talked about, getting laid, going out, having a good time, acting like a degenerate, just listen to the music, have fun, go with it. This is a song that really exemplifies that in a good way and kind of sets the tone for, I think, what most people would think about Poison as a band. They're, they're more like your fun degenerates, whereas like the opposite of the co- side of the coin would be like your Motley Crue, these are deviants, please don't be like them type of party band. You know what kills me about this album in particular? I was thinking about this because I, I, I was going to say, is it the resemblance between CC? Is it the resemblance between CC Deville and Glenn Close on the album cover? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. But what kills me is like, like I'm a big time Motley Crue fan, believe it or not. Um, you know the, the pre Karabi stuff. Um, and when you look at like their early stuff, their early stuff, they were singing about like Satan. You know, it wasn't just about the bitches. Motley Crue 
you know, ran a gamut of topics uh, in their early in, in their early early works, and even with going all the way through Doctor Feelgood. I mean, Doctor Feelgood was about drugs, and yeah, it was about the bitches too. But there was other stuff going on with that album, and like. I, I look at this album and I can't get away from the fact that Poison was like, nope, we are laser focused on one topic. One. You know? And that's what everybody and that's what everybody associates with glam metal. It's like no matter how I mean, we talked about Wasp earlier, um Judas Priest to a degree, even though like some would consider it and I, and I hate this phrase, but for the sake of argument you know, Judas Priest falls into that classic rock, but then they're also they got they got jumped in with that uh, glam rock thing. But like when you say, "Hey, what does glam rock look and sound like?" Everyone just goes poison. No matter what other band, you know, Death Leopard, one of the best bands of the '80s, and as far as craftsmanship and musicianship, mm-hmm. they they were superior to just about anything else that was out there. Nope. Um, you know, I said Motley Crue. Nope. Um, bon Jovi, nope. Everyone thinks of poison. Agree or disagree, Jesse? I would have to agree. I mean, this is we we mentioned Steel Panther already, and they are almost like a tribute. I don't even want to say slash parody, but they are hilarious in some of the stuff that they you know bring about. But they are poison take to taken to the extreme, if you will, and. Uh, so yeah, I, I I completely agree with you. It's this is these are the representation of what glam metal is. Uh, by the way, uh, you wanna... hey sweet hey sweetheart, slide on in here. No, not in the front. Jump in the back. Why? Because there's something back there I want to show you. <laughs> Coop. <laughs> Hang on before I Coop gets in here. Like disappointment. And we're back to cry tough. Um, Jesse, I got a job. I got a job for you as we go through this. I need yes, you sir. to go to that oh, website. No, no, I'm skinny, Bob. Great... No, 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 no. I need you to go to a website, that website that you go to where it grades the songs on their readability. And oh, I yes. need you to follow along, along <laughs> plug every song in as we go along here. Because later on, we're going we're gonna to have, we're going to play a little game called, Is This Song Dumber Than a First Grader? And I and I need to know just how dumb some of this stuff really is. So do that for me. Uh, done deal. <laughs> All right, Robert, go ahead. Get your get your words in here before we get on to track three. So disappointment. Now, uh, this song, uh, the chorus is a brain drill. Like it's it's very catchy and repetitive, and you are going to be singing about it. Uh, that's some of the more pop. I guess I would consider it almost a popular aspect of the band and just really glam metal in general. Uh, really, it's got that repetition, but it's catchy and it's fun and you're going to be singing about it and you're going to be like, damn it, why am I singing about this? And then you're just going to keep singing about it. Yeah, this uh, it's a solid song, all about the poon. Uh, as for the <laughs> uh, look of the band, yeah, like they are more or less the uh, – the pretty much the summation of the you know the bigger the hair the closer to God, though you know <laughs> so bad for bands like White you know White Lion and Kicks you know why, why don't they get a why don't they get any more hair metal of <laughs> or Cinderella yeah, yeah exactly. oh Cinderella is a great I band Cinder- yeah Cinderella is fantastic I 
we uh, we had the Sirius satellite radio in my wife's car, and you can program in like anytime any one of the stations are playing either a song or a band that you like, it, it'll come up and give you an alert. You can go to that thing. One of my alerts that I made my wife program in there is Night Songs by Cinderella. It's so good. So good, Jesse Stark. Good album. You need to, tomorrow, while you're carving the Thanksgiving turkey, need to be playing <laughs> night songs for your family. Here's the, here's the thing. We have I actually think you need been, to be playing some poison personally. Nothing says... <laughs> Well, nothing says stuffing the turkey like bitches. Well, no, no, no. Listen, what's strange <laughs> is, is this year, this year, I have been, we've been invited to Mindy's brothers for Thanksgiving. So my brother-in-law, and I'll tell you right now, he is the biggest Motley Crue fan ever. I guarantee you, I throw poison oh, yeah. on. He's all about it. Oh, did tell him, <laughs> tell him you were here. Walk in the door and be like, hey, Bob, I want action tonight. And then he's going to go, Jesse. <laughs> Satisfaction, all right, and, and it's right. going to be on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> Pat, I got to rec- before we go to track three. Give me some night songs, brother. Give it to me. Actually, it's funny because Fred Corey, who's the drummer for Cinderella, I played a show with Fred Corey about what year is this? Twenty seventeen, uh, fourteen years ago at a venue in Brooklyn called The Moors, where he came on stage and played with the band I was playing with for a song, which was pretty cool, yeah, and. Awesome. Uh, he actually also toured for a little bit with Poison in 2009 when Ricky Rocket was medically unable to perform and they needed someone to fill in who could play their stuff. So they went to Fred Curry and he played really well. Um, cool. Did you ever get to see Typo Negative at Lemoore's? Uh, yes, actually. And my eighth grade teacher happened to graduate high school with and was very good friends with Pete Steele, who I got to meet. Outstanding. All right. When uh, maybe later we'll get to, we'll get some karaoke Pat doing some night songs for us. But in the meantime, just as an aside, I I'm a member of a of a Facebook group called Heavy Metal, and I joined the group ju- just to push this podcast. So I promoted the podcast tonight, and somebody just commented on it. No, just no, not metal rock maybe. And to you I oh. say. Uh, to, to you, I say, sir, oh, get a life. <laughs> you know what I thought you were going to say to them? I'm not your fool, nobody's fool, nobody's fool. <laughs> Very good. All right. And there's your nice Nobody's fool. There we go. Track three, I won't forget about you, as opposed to simple plans, won't you forget about me.
doesn't make every girl melt and just lose their panties, I'll never know. That seems like it was scientifically orchestrated to make girls drop drawers. Am I wrong about that? Yes. <laughs> it was scientifically <laughs> created to follow up on a trend to sell a lot more albums thanks to a song called Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. A ballad, baby. All right, so you, you see a sort of a cheap knockoff of Home Sweet Home, at least in, uh, in craftsmanship. Yeah, absolutely. And then Bon Jovi knocked this off with um, I'll Be There For You. Yeah, These I, I five definitely words, hear that. I swear to you. <laughs> What's the readability on I, uh, of I Won't Forget About You, Jesse? Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Fifth, sixth grade readability level, my friend. Uh, and, That's high. Yeah, yeah. We've crossed the goosebumps <laughs> line, kids. Uh, our longest, let's see what our longest word is here. Uh, longest, well, the longest word is sometimes. Uh, but uh, the most used words, <laughs> I bet you can't figure this out. Won't and forget. Used 13 times throughout the whole song. And then How you baby, baby as well, used. right? Baby is number three <laughs> with eight times. <laughs> of course. I won't forget you. What did you think of this one, Jesse? Oh, buddy, I, I, I told you today, I remember listening to this. I've heard this in the past, but I was sitting there. I'm back in the cubicle, back at the, back at the workstation, you know, and this hits, and it's very hard not to sing along. It's very hard yeah. for me not to just start going along with it, and I bet you three people would join right in along with me uh, if I had this plan. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, you'd suddenly have a chorus a, behind you. Just, just, just in the, I, won't I won't forget, forget you. you, baby, and three random people. I won't forget <laughs> you. That's the way I saw it happening in my head. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a catchy tune. I I mean I can't deny it that so. Robert Cooper, go ahead and give me your thoughts, sir. I just felt like it's kind of generic. I mean, granted, I'm not a woman. Okay. And I'm not wearing panties, luckily. So uh, they were not <laughs> melting. Not tonight. Not today, uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, yes. That's, uh, it's my Sunday attire. Got to wear my best. Uh, but, so, yeah, okay. I just kind of so felt like there are a lot better power ballads. Like, even Poison has done a lot better power ballads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every rose has its thorn. No, oh, yeah, that's like, exactly that's the something, one. Something to that's believe in. It's <laughs> a good yeah, one. Yeah, something to believe. Something to believe in is actually really deep. You know, for this genre of music, I should say. But I don't know for this band. There's always uh, yeah, it's deep for this band. You know, the the, the DCEU of music. Um. Anyway, Ooh, back. Look, this guy, this guy, I love it. Uh, then there's always my favorite. I'm skinny, pop, 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 let's go to track four here. This is. Oh wait, before before we do that, uh, cry tough readability, Jesse. Ooh, uh, shoot, come back to me. Okay. Let's go ahead and do. Be prepared to do the first two tracks and then play dirty for readability, okay? Sorry, right, right. so here we go. This is played. Play dirty, track four. <laughs> 
This one, as as sing-along with The Rock as this is, as memorable as this is, this song is one of the ones on here that is just, I don't know. I wouldn't go as far as to call it album filler, but it, it's, it doesn't play to the memorability of the rest of the album, in my opinion. What do you think, Pat? I, the first time I heard this song, I thought it was Rat. Because it sounded much more like them to me than it sounded like Poison. Because this really doesn't have any like of the signature sound that Poison would develop. There's not an over-the-top bit of guitar by CC. The drums are very one-note. And even Brett's vocals are more him trying to sound like somebody else than his normal voice. Um, it's not necessarily a bad song, per se, um, but again, it would sound probably a lot better if this was Stephen Piercy singing on it instead of Brett and Rat doing the instrumental. Because this this one probably was one they wrote and developed at a time when Rat was one of the bigger bands in the world, right? Like around like Dancing Undercover, and then that their Rat and Rat themselves started to fade away in terms of bands like Poison for more of a party upbeat sound. So it's pretty easy to see why they didn't really do a lot like this afterward. All right, there, Robert Cooper. Play dirty. What do you think? Well, they say you play in the mud, you're gonna get dirty. But uh, I didn't think that. Okay, that wasn't what I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this song was just kind of there. Uh, again, there's a lot of there's some real nice bright spots on this album. I don't feel like this was one of them. Uh, yeah, I still miss hanging tough. <laughs> I think that song was a little better. All right, we're Jesse. That's my, that's, just that's my about favorite right. Poison song. <laughs> Hanging tough. Um, we are just about ready to play Are You Dumber Than a Poison song? Um, or is Poison smarter than a fifth grader, first grader, however you like? So let's talk about some readability, shall we? Hit me. Yes, we shall. Wait, which would you like first here? We have Cry Tough. We have I Want Action. And we also have the one we just heard, which is Play Dirty. Give them to me. Give them to me in order. Let's start with uh, right. "Cry Tough." Cry Tough. Well, ladies and gentlemen, "Cry Tough." Readability level seventh to eighth grade. Ooh. 
Wow. Whoa. Junior high. Well, be ready because Ooh, we're getting to the Harry Potter territory. <laughs> you're about to be impressed <laughs> as we go over to I Want Action tonight. Satisfaction. Oh, my goodness. Let's see what they got here. Seventh to eighth grade yet again. Wow. Almost, yeah. They're, almost they're keeping birds it, in the bees age. Stay, stay can we safely say they're, they are writing to their audience here as far as uh, tween girls, teenage uh, middle school girls? I think I, they're hitting that target. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the play dirty. Okay. It comes in as as basic as a song that that feels. That comes in at a ninth to tenth grade readability level, ladies and gentlemen. That's Ooh, right. Holy crap! Yes, seven point nine percent of that song, believe it or not, is the word "dirty." Yes, dirty. <laughs> uh, so you know, I just want to put in my two cents in regards to that song because what I think this song does is. It's something that they put together to try and support their image. I think, obviously, with glam metal, what you want to do is you want to put some kind of an image out there because you're clearly the appearance of your band uh, relies upon that, whether it be makeup, mascara, and eyeliner, or not only that, or you're going down to the bar and you, you've got your piece on you, which I believe he says at the end of this. Yes, he has his piece on him, uh, and he's, he's ready to go down and, and, and play dirty. Against some dirty players, so it, it's it's just one of those songs that really feels like they're trying to put some kind of uh, uh, an idea of the kind of ne'er do well stuff that they get into. Yeah, poison. I don't believe it, but whatever. Go you you go ahead and get your chicks and uh, eat them too. So <laughs> that ain't that wasn't good. Mark, straight out of straight out of Compton <laughs> will come out two years later. <laughs> And, oh wow! And show white people what being tough really looks like, as opposed to yeah. this nonsense. The fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> this is poison. The, those tough guys in poison. Hmm. <laughs> Negative like things you never hear for five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, folks. It's time to play a little game. A little game we like to call. Are, uh, is this song smarter than a first grader? So we're going to actually hear the song first. This is our title track. Oh, my God. Look what the cat dragged in. Here we go.
my God, Patrick Mullen, look what the cat dragged in. Who wasn't in their chair just now pumping their hands and bopping around like I was? That song is so good. I was definitely singing along and had my phone on mute to not interrupt it. Um, (laughs) You know, this album was made for a fairly cheap amount, even by 1980 standards. And this is one of those songs where it sounds almost like a rough cut demo, but that helps it. It gives it a little more real feeling to it. The choruses sound like they are all performing at the same time in the studio. It sounds a lot more like you would expect them to sound live. And I like it. It gives it a gritty feeling. And that gritty feeling adds to the, the motif of the song. It's a party song for sure. It's definitely, you know, about going out and having a good time and coming home, you know, if girl, you know, doing the walk of shame, as the girls say, underwear in your hand, in one hand, shoes in your other hand, that sort of thing. You know, w- you know, waking up after having peed in the closet, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, we've all done it. We've all peed in the closet at some point or other. Um, what? Am I the only one? All right. Uh, I know it well. I did it twice last night. I slept in the laundry room once. Well, that's because your mom locked you in there. But uh, let's stay with you there, Robert Cooper. Look what the cat dragged in, baby doll. What do you think? I really like the crunchy guitar riff at the beginning. I'm like, all right, yeah, we finally put some metal in the hair. Uh, I mean, it wasn't. The song wasn't this another one that was like not necessarily like all that deep in terms of uh, I'm not gonna say lyrical themes because we haven't had uh, Jesse run the test yet, but it was uh, kind of repetitious. <laughs> but again, the guitar work on it, I really felt like it saved it, and it was a uh, it was a nice catchy catchy fast tune there. I I, I liked it all right. Ro- Robert, do you know who the final auditioner was besides CC Deville to play lead guitar for this band? Not off the top of my head. It was Slash. Huh. I could see Slash and Poison. Huh. I really could. Uh, top I, think, yeah, I could definitely imagine them having a little more blues in them. That'd be an interesting uh, fit, I, mean, I think in years to come, they, they would have a little bit more blues influence. All right, Jesse. I want to hear your thoughts, but I also want to know... Because it's very important for this next bit we're, we're, we're going we're to hear. What's the reading level on this? What's the reading level supposed to be, I should say? Okay. Well, thoughts first. Uh, it, great song. Yes, I agree with what you guys are saying. It's the, probably one of the best songs off of here, to be honest. I mean, I, I know that we got some really popular ones because they were – they had a lot of radio play. But this one really feels like the one that I could get behind. Um, now – as for the readability level, uh, just to let you know, the longest sentence, okay, longest sentence, this is an impactful sentence, I'm late for work on Monday and my boss is a bitchin'. So, <laughs> readability level. <laughs> readability level is 5th through 6th grade, according to this, with a total of, a total of 153 words. So, there you go, Mark Radlich. All right, so we have a clip that I pre-recorded. Uh, our first contestant here on Is This Song Dumber Than a First Grader? Now, you just heard, according to the website, it's, 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 a, fifth, it's a fifth to sixth grade reading level. Well, I want you guys to hear this clip that I pre-recorded, and we'll see what there is to be seen. 
So, for those of you who are long-time listeners of the Metal Hammer of Doom, or even if you've listened to the last couple of shows, you know that I've been talking about my daughter and her reading level and our uh, ventures in getting her to read. We all know that I'm super parent, and because when I started reading with her, her reading levels shot up. So we're going to play a game tonight here on the Metal Hammer of Doom in honor of our little turkey album that we're reviewing, Poison's Look What the Cat Dragged In. We're going to play a game called Is This Song Dumber Than a First Grader? (laughs) I haven't had a little first grader with me. This is my daughter, Lily. Say hi, Lily. Hello. All right. And also, I'm not Going to say it in school for sure. Totally for sure. Also, the girls' office. Yes, we we are definitely not going to sing. Look what the cat dragged in in school. Uh-uh. Uh Also joining me to just tell us a give us some context here. I want uh, my wife Melissa. Say hi, Melissa. Hi. For those of you who are longtime listeners of the show, you know she's a teacher. And how do we know she's a teacher? Because it's the only information about herself she ever she tells anybody. She was a child of elementary school, like me. <laughs> okay, Lily. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, that's the one defining characteristic about my wife. She's a teacher. Isn't that right, Melissa? That is. That is my career. All right. So, uh, what level reading is Lily at, and what does that mean to layman? Okay. So Lily currently reads at what's a what's called a developmental reading assessment score (DRA) score of a ten, and then she's working on a twelve. And so what that would mean is early, uh, mid, mid first grade. So like a first grader four months in kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's very, um, basic sight words. So those would be the words that you see most often in reading, uh, words with predictable spelling patterns. So like I N G E D endings, um, silent E endings. So you know that the middle vowel says its name, that kind of stuff. Um, so you wouldn't see, Words that are more than like three syllables long. A three-syllable word would be a really big word. Um, they live in mostly two-syllable words. Um, Should she know the word booze? Um, she would be able to figure it out because she would know the double O pattern says ooh. Okay. Uh, you heard the lyrics to Look What the Cat Dragged In. I want you to give me a plus or minus here on whether or not you think this song is dumber than a first grader. Well, it's a dumb song. <laughs> not what I asked you. <laughs> um, I think it is, you know, this is definitely within the realm of a first grader. There's a few words in there. What level What level reading level should be able to breeze through? Second graders. Second graders, okay. So this song is actually, in your estimation as a professional teacher, this song is actually smarter than a first grader. Mm, right about a first grader, yeah. Okay. All right, well, here we go. We're going to have Lily... Uh, in a in a in a normal speaking voice, go ahead and read the lyrics to "Look What the Cat Dragged In." Go ahead, Daddy, Lily. But Daddy, why are these two letters highlighted red? Because they're spelled spelled funny, Lily. Yeah, they're spelled wrong, is what they are. Oh. But um, go ahead, start with. Here we go. Go up here, and then just keep going. Okay. I went to bed. To. Late. Late and got up too soon. My poor head 
N A that nest. I look like weird. <laughs> I know. You don't need to explain it. We did some editing on that one because you didn't want to say a bad word. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, but she said bitching and booze. Alive. Alive or half dead. I just can't tell. Oh my god, look what the cat died in living my life since after this. Nice world up and I do it again. Oh my god, look what the cat died in. Very good, Lily. What do you think, Mommy? Very good. I'm very proud of our daughter. Okay, so I think we can safely say Lily is smarter than a poison song. She is definitely smarter than a poison song. And poison is dumber than Lily. <laughs> That's because Lily is so smart. That, indeed. <laughs> oh, uh, that my. Was a family, that was a family recording oh. session, that was. Hey, Mark, do we get to hear a story about your dog next? <laughs> Shut up, Pat. <laughs> wait, wait. Cooper... <laughs> Cooper, obviously Mark needs something for his kid to read. So I think your job is to find something, some song lyrics, just any old song that you certainly well like in, um, I don't know, death metal or whatever. And we hand it back over to Mark Radlich and we have Lily read it to us. Oh, you dirty gore whore by autopsy. Rape you, kill you. It's a song about a killer that's stalking a woman in the... uh, in the park and is going to mur- rape and murder her. So there you go. That's a good one. Uh, what was your major okay. again in in uh, in school there, Coop? Uh, elementary education. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what are you and I thought she did a hell of a job with. Listen, I thought Lily did a hell of a job with with this song. Okay, which was which we just established was higher than even second grade. So oh, I, I thought it was. According to this website, it's written at a fifth to sixth grade level, and my daughter pretty much got through most of it without being without needing a lot of help. So she, she can say bitching, but she can't say hell. <laughs> okay, and that, so I was okay that, with her saying hell. <laughs> I really was. I mean, she's reading the song. It's not like she's not allowed to obviously say that. Just like she can't just walk around and be like, "Get the hell out of my way, Dad." She can't say that. But you know, she I was can use hell as a geographic location, her. though. If she, yeah, actually she can. She went to a she went to a Catholic v, uh, pre kindergarten program, so why not? Um, but here's the thing: but it's a city in Michigan. She got <laughs> she got through the song, and she got to that, and she's like, "I'm not going to say hell. That's a bad word, and I'm not going to say it." She doesn't know what the fuck booze is, <laughs> and she didn't understand what they meant by bitching, so she was okay with those in her in her childlike ignorance. But she knew hell, and she knew it was bad, and she was like, I'm not, and she literally told me. She was like, you can't make me say that word. I'm not going to say it. And we had, like, at least five to ten minutes of discussion of what was going to replace hell, and she came up with weird. And so she's like, my hair looked like weird, which I thought was great. It works. But, and what she, said at the beginning of, what she said at the beginning of that clip was, I'm not going to sing this song in school. I, I don't know why she thought it was necessary <laughs> to tell everyone that, but... That's good, though. I think that's good. I worry about some of the stuff yeah. Caleb takes to school with him, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm just waiting for a call from the teacher. Well, you know, your son, uh, 
just uh, recited a bunch of uh, uh, smosh to me today. Oh, thanks. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, something uh, about Caleb's killing He Man. <laughs> Caleb's in uh, second grade, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We should have we should have a pre recorded bit of Caleb reading something now. That'd be fun. We'll have all oh, the kids yeah. on here reading I could do that. Lyrics. I could do that. <laughs> okay. All right, let's get back to, unless there's anything else with, with this bit, let's get back to uh, hearing some music. This is a great song. This is Talk Dirty to Me. Mullen, pick up that guitar and talk to me. Tell me how much you love Talk Dirty to Me. God, what a great song. This is, if there's like a quintessential 80s hair metal party song, this is the one by far. Um, literally the entire song, the word to describe it is fun. Upbeat drum tempo, Bobby consistent on the bass with a nice line. CeCe's guitar work is phenomenal in this song. Probably one of my three or four favorite solos ever. Brett's voice is actually on point in the song. Just, it's fun lyrics, great chorus, easy sing-along, bob your head, dance to it, slam, it's great. There's only one problem with this song, and it's it's a very specific it problem. Uh, <laughs> two problems, that's one. Um, here's the second problem. 
and I, and I have experienced this personally. Now, I have, I've said before that, especially with Lily, when she was an infant, I used to sing to her all the time, and it did help. Um, there's studies out there that shows that singing to children helps with language, but it's also soothing, and it's something that a, that a father can do with their child to bond. And I sang to Lily constantly, but I sang stuff that I remembered off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> point, no. I remember this. <laughs> So, so there's a lot of journey in there in Guns N' Roses uh, that she grew up with. But uh, I remember one day I was singing Brown Eyed Girl to her until I realized what the song was about and some of the lyrics in the song and thought, well, this is wildly inappropriate to sing at your infant child. I should stop that. <laughs> I had that experience recently, and I had it with this song. So I'm driving the kids home from my in-laws, and I'm blasting this album, getting ready for this show, and the, the kids are trying to tell me something, and I don't give a shit because I'm trying to sing Talk Dirty to me, you know, at the top of my lungs while I'm, while I'm driving home. So <laughs> I was like, at red now. lights. I, <laughs> yeah, fuck those kids. They got to listen to Poison. Um, so I, 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 this, we stop at a red light, and the chorus comes on, and I just look a, and over my shoulder and just belt at my daughter, and baby, Talk Dirty to Nope. And thankfully she didn't connect any of that. She just all she knew was daddy was playing loud music once again. Did you have to include I was gonna say, did did you have to include the Brett Michaels salute to Curly of the Three Stooges when during the guitar solo he goes, Woo 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 Okay, Robert. At, at least go. you weren't singing uh, "Hug You Hardcore" to her like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Face down, ass up, and she's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> or "Die, Die, My Darling." I love that yeah. song. Die, 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 my darling. Die, no, die, I raped your mother today, die. Lily. That's how you were conceived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always a fun one to sing at the children. I got something to say. Bum, bum. I raped your mother today. Raped your mother today. <laughs> your mother. <laughs> Leaping in the next room, by the way. Um, watching Rain, <laughs> on, from formerly on GW. <laughs> uh, music is fun with children. All right. So, um, talk, talk dirty to me, Robert Cooper. No. Hey there, big boy. <laughs> I mean, tell me about the song. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I get numb flashbacks when I hear this song because uh, I had to play this song like <laughs> 700 times on Guitar Hero 3. Um, yeah, buddy. Everyone take a break. And I kept, take we, a gotta break. Get, we got a Guitar Hero yeah. reference. <laughs> take Get a shot. Back. So, uh, yeah, like I was, oof. Like I kept failing on the solo of this song, so I really like grew to resent the, I resent the song. Like now I'm like, all right, this song's pretty fun. I enjoy it. Even though I realized they said it at the old man's Ford, I thought they were fucking behind the old man's door. <laughs> he was that big of a badass. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this was really, like, in terms of the singles they could have picked, I think this one is the, uh, definitely the standout. Like, this is really, I mean, this is a legitimately fun and good song. The good guitar work. I mean, everybody really sounds like they're energized, and it's a, it's a fun song. It's a song about uh, fucking everywhere. It's uh, <laughs> literally about 
turning everything into a giant glow worm once the black light hits it. <laughs> um, so, this was released in February 18th of 1987 as a single. And let's see. Uh, Talk Dirty to Me uh, It's the first big international hit. It was a staple on their live shows and was named by VH1 the 40th greatest hard rock song of all time. It is considered a glam metal classic and is often heard on rock radio stations around the globe. It peaked at number nine on the Billboard Hot 100, becoming the band's first top 40 hit in the United States. The single has been since certified platinum. So, yeah, it, it, people liked it when it came out. <laughs> uh, what's the readability on this, Jesse? Oh, my Ooh. God. That's X did a cover. Did they? All right, Jesse. Okay, we need to find I, I will, static X cover right now. I will find that. I will find that. Readability level, fifth to sixth grade student here. 265 words. And, Mark, I'll leave you with this because this sums up my feelings on the song and probably yours as well. The longest sentence in this song, 34 characters long, eight words, pick up that guitar and talk to me. Oh, yeah. my God. I have been... I say that to people at work. I tell them, you know, I, I, again, we all know where I work and who I'm working with. And I tell them, hey, you pick up the guitar and talk to me. They're like, there's you, no guitar here. We're at a jail. Do you guys remember during the 1991 uh, MTV uh, Video Music Awards or music, whatever they called them, Poison was playing live to get introduced by, by Arsenio Hall. And at a certain point, CeCe's unplugged. So he's not actually playing. And Brett tries to, like, slam dance into him when he does the CC pick up that guitar and talk to me. And he says to him, you're unplugged. And CC goes, fuck you. And keeps playing even though you can't hear him. Oh, wow. I vaguely remember this. And they got Do they go through the whole song like that? Or do yeah, they, they finally did. get it fixed? Oh jeez! They they because they were doing like a medley, so they did that song. And I guess whoever his guitar tech was, as soon as there was a break, ran up and got him plugged back in. Um, but yeah, they went through "Talk Dirty to Me" without that going on. Oh, that's um, sad. And they got through a fist fight backstage. And that was if that was VMAs <laughs> in in the eighties. I mean, wow, that's big time. Yeah, I mean, this is ninety one, but. And then uh, I, this no, might have been the sorry. same one. This might have been the same one. I could be wrong. Where uh, Vince Neil ran on stage and punched Izzy Stradlin from Guns N' Roses. <laughs> all sorts, all sorts you of know, This Jeez. was a this, this this was a time when the music MTV Music Awards were really fun. <laughs> yeah. He's hardcore. He's hardcore. I I sent you the link in our chat, by the way. Thank you. I'm ahead of you. That's all right. I got your back. All right. Um, we'll go ahead and play another song so that Jesse can do his the one <laughs> the one the one song of the night that I asked him to pull something extra. See, I didn't ask him to pull on Skinny Bob. However, I am going to make everyone listen to the Static X cover of Talk Dirty. A cover is happening tonight. I, I, I cover is going to happen tonight. I want some. I need some covers, baby. <laughs>
hey everyone, it's the star of our little game. Are you are you, is your first grader smarter than a poison song? Lily, what can I do for you right now? That you're since you're supposed to be in bed sleeping. Okay, so you're in the living room right now while I'm trying to do my podcast asking me where your remote is, and I've only been home an hour or so. Do you see the logical fallacy in your thinking here? I haven't been in your room since yesterday. You've been in your room all day, with the exception of when you went and got your glasses. Why would I know where your remote is? Well, well I was in my bed, and I don't know where it is. Okay, maybe you should look for your your the remote in your room because I'm pretty sure it didn't leave your room. Okay, it's it probably in not the in the living room, and I'm pr- it's probably not in the bathroom, Patrick Mullen. Okay, I'm why don't you go in your room and look for the remote? Somebody could have well, watched it. You don't know my you don't know my life. <laughs> uh, in the words kids of Kids are fun, Duck, aren't they, Jesse? Remote go down the hole. I wish <laughs> water go down the hole. I, I wish I could tell you how many times I've had to find the fucking remote in the living room, in the kitchen, in the dining room for my kids because they don't know how to see it. That they, you know, oh yeah, look between the cushions, look on the floor, look by the TV. Oh look at that! It's look wrapped up in the blanket. <laughs> Please. I once lost it while it was in my hand. Oh, that! Uh, I looked for like five minutes too. for it, and I'm like, "Oh shit, it's in my hand." <laughs> nice, not good. All oh right. yeah, I once looked um, for a hat that was on my I, head too. <laughs> I've never heard that song before, actually, but it's really, really good. Yeah, another one's about fucking, but you know, aren't they all? Uh, really, really good crunchy guitars in that one. Uh, definitely quintessential poison. Pat, I'm going to kick it over to you and let you guys kick this around a little bit. Uh, I'll be you right back. You go find that remote, Mark Radlich. <laughs> so while Mark is remote hunting in the sea of blankets that surround his daughter's bed, uh, where the remote probably lies, this one is kind of almost like a talk dirty to me, but light. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely not as heavy and produced. Um, in terms of that, it's a little bit more ballady, at least the start of it and the chorus, but it does have some kick to it. I definitely don't think it's a bad choice to put on the album. It fits right in with every other song, like we pointed out. Um, but, but I, I don't think it's strong enough to be a single. It's definitely a filler song, but I've heard far worse. It's, it's, it's catchy. It's not going to dominate your airwaves or your ears for a while, but it, it's good where it fits in the album, I think. Coop? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I, I thought it was a solid song at best. Uh, almost just felt like kind of a winding down from Talk Dirty to me. It was just kind of, it was there. It was all right. Uh, the guitar work, I, I did enjoy some some of the guitar work. But otherwise, it was like, yeah, all right, it was a poison song. So it, it was about as exciting as looking for the remote. <laughs> Well, all right, so let me give you the readability here on want some, need some. I mean, as for the song itself, it's, yeah, you know, hey, you're you're looking for a chick, and it, it sucks not being able to, uh, well, you see all the guys around you who's who's got all the girls who could stay the night, and, and yeah, I, I, I feel you, I feel you here. Uh, readability, 
Jesse, before you get to the readability, don't remind me. Yes, sir. Before you get to the readability, my first my guess will be a fifth to sixth grade level. But okay. secondly, Coop, Coop, you mentioned the guitar playing on here. What do you what do you think of CC Deville as a guitarist? I know he's not in your real wheelhouse of stuff you enjoy, but you seem to if there's any standout to you like some of his work. Is that valid? Uh, it's what I notice the most. I don't tend to notice a whole lot of the drummer bass work. Uh, they just seem kind of rudimentary towards me uh, for me. As for Brett Michaels, he's Brett Michaels. Uh, yeah, uh, really, just for what I'm li- what I'm looking for and what I'm listening for, and what really talks to me. Uh, CC Deville's guitar work, I feel like it's solid on this album. Uh, I've not gotten a whole lot of uh, experience with his work. Uh, be honest a lot of the riffs on these are very they're very basic uh but i feel like that's i'm going to chalk that less up to him and more up just to the genre because some of his solo work i feel is more technical so i'm thinking that he's got a little more to offer than what he's got here it's just in terms of commercial viability you're looking for something that's uh kind of simple yet catchy Okay, um, are we ready to hear the Static X song? Or, Jesse, did you have something you wanted to say? Because I, I don't know if you've Jesse got Jesse is going to reveal... That. Yeah. <laughs> Drum roll, please. The readability Think, level. Yeah, things are uh, things are staying pretty consistent here. We are, as Pat said, at a fifth to sixth grade student level here. Uh, doesn't get much... Hot jam. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> they're keeping it easy and understandable and very... Very focused. I mean, again, we're, we've got a song about uh, either needing laid, wanting laid, something like that, uh, or, or getting it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for Static X. All right, folks, here we go. Yet another tangent on the Metal Hammer of Doom. This is the Static X cover of Talk Dirty to Me. Hit it, Koichi. Me, 
maybe I was thinking of uh, maybe that's earlier Static X. I'm used to more of uh, Wayne Dude, Static's is, kind of yeah, yell. That, even, that does not sound like Wayne Static at all. Not in my, uh, as far as, not my opinion. As far as covers of that song go, I'd rate it slightly above Children of Bodom and slightly below Real Big Fish. <laughs> I love Children of Bodom. <laughs> That was Children of the covers are wonderful. That was the worst cover ever. That was, seriously, that was just, I mean, it almost sounded like they were trying to be Poison, the instrumentals. You know, we had, we had the guitars. and the, It sounded like. And then you had Odorous Yerungus sing over it. <laughs> it was the worst karaoke version <laughs> well, I've ever fucking heard. Well, the like funny thing is, is that like. There. Like he cookie monstered it, but then he was like, behind the old red store, behind the bushes. I got you screaming for more. I'm like, what? If there were, if, what, if what there were horns, you, that was a fucking you, guar song waiting to happen. <laughs> like, uh, I'm just really confused as to why they didn't keep the original intonation. They just decided, like, fuck it. We're going to scream it. It's going to come out however I want. I'm doing it in one take, and then I'm going out for beer. Yep. <laughs> I think like I really feel like that was pretty much like that was the filler at the end of the recording session. They're like, shit, we got another uh, thirty minutes left in the studio. Is there well, guys, info I've been listening to a lot of poison lately? As to yeah, is there info as to whether this is off of an album that it was just a bonus track uh, or promo? This song was available for download from their website by using a promo code received from the album Cult of Static. No, wow. that's all I can wow. say. Cult of Static was not too long ago. Huh. I, I think wasn't that, that like was the cool. that was the uh, 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 the greatest hits I believe. All right, well, whatever. That, that was the worst thing I've ever. Heard. That was that that yeah. That's a song I will not be revisiting ever. Yeah, that was two thousand nine. What? See. What? Oh, Nick and they covered Snow of the Night. Oh, oh, yeah, and, and looks that killed by Motley Crew. Oh, good lord, Motley Crew. Oh, that's some dookie. <laughs> oh no, I wonder the fucking. You know what? It sounds so okay, weird. Just... The bassist did the vocals. Okay, all right, there uh, we go. That makes sense. Okay. Now I want to hear the still of the night cover. Uh, I can no. grab it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. All right. Do it. All right. Well, he does it. Two things. One, I, as I was listening to that, I had two thoughts. One, you know, people talk about like the Cookie Monster vocals as as sort of a rib on certain kinds of subgenres and heavy metal. But that actually just sounded like Cookie Monster, like legit Cookie Monster. Like the Mm -hmm. whole time he's singing, I'm just going, Cookie, 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 Cookie. That's good enough for me. (laughs) And the other, someone, there there needs to be a Cookie Monster death metal band somewhere out there. Somebody that actually dresses up as Cookie Monster. But, um. I mean, we already have Max Sabbath. Sure. We do. (laughs) The other thing I was thinking about while that song was going on was, you know, it's like, hey, girl. Talk dirty to me, you know. Here I am. I'm Brett Michaels. I'm wearing eyeshadow. It's okay, you know. But I'm sexy, and I'm trying to get you to play along with my sexy games and talk dirty to me. And it's like, okay, you get it when Brett Michaels does it. 
when the guy is doing it in Cookie Monster vocals, it really loses all of its meaning. Now yeah, it's just dude. words. Well, you're, you're, yeah, looking it's two like, it, you're looking at two different women. You're looking at, you know, your typical 80s chick in a leather jacket with a bikini top, you know, as a shirt with the teased up Aquanet hair, almost as big as Brett's. And the girl who he's singing to in the, bo- in the Static X version is like the chick you find with the nose ring that's like straight out of an African tribe, a leather choker, a full sleeve, <laughs> smoking a Marlboro Red. Like, those are the two markets. <laughs> yeah, maybe, I'll take uh, that. Maybe, maybe duct tape for a bra, you know, just, just duct tape across her, across her nipples. That's it. And, you know, possibly a beret or some sort of like, you know, captain's hat. Yes, yeah, a pentagram tattooed up. above her navel. Yeah, or on her face. Um, I'll, I'll take <laughs> it. Tatsy I'll take it. What do you kids think about Satan? Song's up, man. Ready to rock and roll whenever you are. All right. One last cover here, and then I swear to God we'll move on. Let's see if it loads on my screen. Uh, okay. Here we go, boys. This, this is better be leagues better than that last one. Covering White Snakes, still of the night. <laughs> put his hand on a burner and he can't remove it. And he's just like <laughs> That's that yeah, that's Wayne Static all the way. God, that was fucking terrible. In, <laughs> I have in my head. Go again, similar to the poison thing. Like baby in the still of the night and Hartman coming you know? And it's like, yeah, it's like he's trying to get the girl and everything. And then there's this awkward fucking autistic maniac. <laughs> Did I hear him say time to play the game at the beginning of this song? No, that was me. I'm sorry. I, th- I threw that in there. <laughs> Sounded just like it. He might have sounded like the devil. Static X is terrible. Okay, moving on. 
Oh my god, my cheeks hurt from laughing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was something. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. People, so, people, people paid money for their albums. They Remember that time they used Static X for a WWE video game commercial? Vaguely. Uh, Pat, you want any last words on Static X or Poison or anything else we've covered in the past <laughs> ten minutes? <laughs> the Tasmanian fucking Devil. All of, it's a, all of it's just a fucking dumpster <laughs> fire. <laughs> like my love life. Aw, that's depressing. All right, this is track eight. Let's get back on track here. This is, whoo, fan, whoo-hoo, whoo, track eight. It's not blaming on Rio. What? It's blaming on you. It's, it's, it's not blaming on Rio. It really isn't. You ever heard of the, you've never seen the movie Blaming on Rio? Pat has, I'm sure. I'll tell you all yeah. about it in the next Yeah, week. I have. I have not. This is blaming on it. you. Well, t- Pat will tell you about it in a few minutes. This is the 2006 digital remaster. children show them the way patrick mullen what was blaming on rio about uh two old lecherous men played by joe bologna and michael kane have sex with each other's daughters oh oh boy <laughs> i guess Jeez. he gave gave michael kane's daughter the old bologna <laughs> the old bologna pony if you know what i'm saying no. <laughs> Hi-oh. Wow. Uh, I'll be here all week. Oh man. Yep. So go uh, go go to your go to your Redbox or your Netflix account and go and oh, shit and go uh, check out Blame It on Rio when you have a chance. Just know you should. I, I got a local video store. The I'll do that. There's lots of boobage. <laughs> yeah, you get uh, Demi there's Moore. A lot of, there's Demi a lot Moore boobs. Oh boy, what's that? Wait, was Debbie Moore plays one of the uh, one of the daughters? Yes, she does. Oh, I didn't realize that was Demi Moore. Then again, I was a kid when I watched it, so who knows? Um, Jesse Starcher, do you know what Blame It On Rio is? Have you ever seen it? Good. No, I have not. I'm looking at the DVD cover right now. And nope, do not recognize this at all. I mean, I recognize the actors, but wow. That's crazy. Yeah, we got Michael Caine. How, jo- Go ahead. How about Blame It on the Rain? Oh, well, I just about started singing. 
just about. <laughs> Blame it on the rain. Could have went weird. Alan went uh, blaming on the drain, but uh, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait well, to do a Billy Vanilli with... episode. I'm all in. Or we could go with blaming on the alcohol. <laughs> we could. All right. Does blame anyone want to talk about blaming on you? Alcohol. Oh. They rhyme. Yeah, they rhyme pizzazz at the beginning. Pretty impressive, I guess. <laughs> oh God! Nice. <laughs> well, Red Rod and Pizzazz. Oh, jazz. Fifth to, uh, fifth to sixth grade reading level. Fifth to sixth grade reading level yet again. So, uh, you know, it's it's nothing that really sticks out there. It's at least it's upbeat. That's really all I gotta say. Anyway, if you ever wanted to have a song next? to play for your to play for your lady when she shuts you down at the point of entry, this is it. <laughs> Ooh, I better get this get one on speed start. dial. Point of entry. <laughs> just, just get start uh, dancing around. Uh, blame it on you. Alright, this is number one bad boy. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. It's it's a perfectly serviceable song. Pat? Much like I tell people when I tell them, listen to the Razor Ramon theme song, and then listen to the Stone Cold Steve Austin theme song, and you'll realize they're basically the same song, just at different tempos. Listen to the drum line and the bass in this song, and then listen to Dr. Feelgood right after. That's, that's actually a really, really insightful... Uh... Observation, Rob. Oh, see, I was just going to give a different wrestling reference. I was going to say that uh, when Funaki goes heel, this will be his theme song. <laughs> Number one bad boy. Terrific. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the cuts are too deep for okay. me. That's all I got to say. They're just a little too deep sometimes. Smackdown, Number one bad boy. Asked- 
Let me let me first say everyone take a drink because we yet made another wrestling reference. Um, all right, uh, Jesse. Oh, okay. Again, another one of those songs that try to solidify that bad boy image. Hey, guess what? We're going to write a song that has the uh, the phrase "bad boy" in the title. So yeah, can you but guess after what you cry about? tough? After you cry tough, yeah, that's right. Uh, and handcuffs. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing changes here. Fifth to sixth grade student reading level. Let me ask a question, okay? Mark Radlich, your wife talked about syllables, okay? That was one of the things that she was talking mm-hmm. about there in order to gauge the reading level. So would you like to take a guess? We'll, we'll, we'll do a Price is Right style, I guess, if I can keep track of it. Try to guess the syllables per word in this song. Give us a number. It's going to be something point something. All right. Pat Mullen. 2.3. I've watched The Price is Right, and I know how to play this game. (laughs) Robert Cooper. (laughs) 2.4. Syllables syllables per word, 1.4. I win. Radlitz, you have to pay taxes on those winnings, you fuck. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Oh, uh, yeah, on. that's a, not, not, not the most intelligently written song for sure. But it's, like I said, it's fine. And I, this is definitely one of those albums where as it gets to the end, it really starts to, like, it, it, it hits its peak with Talk Dirty to Me, and then after that, we're like, eh, it's kind of meh. You get- and you also got to keep in mind that this is their first album in a, you know, mid-80s. You cannot discount it too much because they're out making a statement. And there's a lot of songs on here for coming off of the first album uh, and sticking around to this day for being as popular as they are. Uh, it, it says a lot for what the impact no. this album had. Not to mention how saturated the market was with bands in the very same vein, and not just in terms of similar music, but doing the same thing with, you know, the makeup and the outfits and the whole package and presentation. There were literally a million bands out there just like this. Yep. And this is the one that we got. Just watch The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2. The Metal Years. I don't know if everyone heard if everyone heard me, but it's, it's fun to think that this all starts with the New York dolls and I don't and, and with the New York, how would the New York dolls react if they knew, like if somebody had come from the future and go, listen, this whole like hermaphrodite transsexual thing you're doing, this whole makeup, uh, you know, and, and rock and roll thing that you're pushing, it's going to end with poison. It's going to take a weird, I like David- wrestling, Power and paint uh, detour with twisted twisted sister, and and then it's going to go the other way, and it's going to end with poison. We just want you to know that. <laughs> it's going to go the Johansson other way. Would have been fine. <laughs> it's going to turn into corpse like, paint, buddy. Any- <laughs> he would have been telling <laughs> yeah. everybody that he was hot, hot, hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna. I should say it's gonna peak with poison. It's gonna end with Demu Borgir. But um, 
And then David Johansson would say, <laughs> first you defy me, then you mock my hair, you're dead. <laughs> Points I anybody who knows what that's from. At some point in this conference. Um, Spinal Tap? No takers? No, <laughs> it is David Johansson in his finest acting turn alongside Hulk Hogan and Mr. Nanny. Oh, God. <laughs> I think that deserves and like that the will, deepest cut of words. That's going to end up on an on trial. That's going to end up on an on trial at some point. All right, uh, let's let's take this to the end here. This is track ten, our final track of the night. This is "Let Me Go to the Show." <laughs> I mean, for it, it's got a little meh there towards the end, but even meh is still better than some of the stuff we've reviewed just this year alone. Uh, it's This is a fun, non-offensive party album. It's a celebration of decadence, and sometimes you need to celebrate decadence. This is pure happiness captured on vinyl of... Uh, for those of you, for the kids listening to this, vinyl used to be what they were to record music on. Uh, we, we, you might know it as a record. Um, it's just it's it's been a blast listening to it. I haven't smiled and laughed like that in a while, uh, and I, and I'm happy to have been smiling and laughing while listening to Poison and talking to you guys. So I'm gonna go ahead and give this a solid A. Poison, look what the cat dragged in. It's a silly album. But it's a silly in all the right ways. Pat? Yeah, I mean, as we close on our final song, which, you know, I would call trash in the best way possible. Because um, it's not very well written. It's, it's, it's stupid in a lot of ways. It's not really well put together. But it's a story that we've all done. We've all snuck out to a concert at some point in our lives, I'm sure. Um, the album itself is... N- 
is looked at as complete uh, style over substance. And I don't necessarily agree. They had a particular image and message they wanted to convey. They did that. They did it with some really catchy songs and hooks. Uh, the instrumental, at least the guitar parts are very strong. I, I think Bobby Dahl is an underrated bass player. Uh, and I think he carries a lot of the songs musically. Uh, Brett was still working out the kinks in his vocal range here. Some of the songs, he doesn't sound so hot. Some of the songs really fall into his wheelhouse and he sounds very good. Um, and, and it culminates in, like I said, what I think is the best 80s party glam rock song that there was in Talk Dirty to Me. I think the whole album is, is solid with the exception of Let Me Go to the Show. I think every song is fun in its own way. I can put the whole album on and listen to it without needing to skip anything. All right. Robert Cooper. Ooh, that's me. Uh, I actually like this final song. It uh, had a little speed to it. It, it told a story that I can definitely relate to, which I'm going to a concert this Friday. Nea Bliviscaris with Ooh. a Legion. Legion? Uh, that's going to oh, be no. I, awesome. Dude. Dude. Uh, uh, a Legion. That's the name of the band. It a Legion. A Legion, yes. That's one of my favorite oh, metal bands. I'm glad. I'm very glad you get to go see those guys. Oh, dude. And we're doing Nabla Viscaris, I think, uh, what, in two weeks? Three weeks? Something like that? That's right. Oh, it's going to be fucking awesome. Uh, that's going to be wonderful. But yeah, uh, for this album, uh, it was a lot better than I thought it would be. I thought it would be an absolute turd, because yeah, just Poison is definitely, I, I guess I've always stereotyped them as style over substance. And while there was more substance in this record than I uh, ever had given them credit for. Um, still wasn't quite hitting my trigger, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be. Uh, yeah, I give it like a solid like two and a two and a half stars. I thought it was a uh, it was above my expectations. It still wasn't quite. I didn't like it as much as I do some of the really good Wasp or Motley Crue that I've listened to. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't tell somebody. I wouldn't say, "Oh, don't listen to that album. It's shit." It was not, not that bad. It's got it's got something. So- for everybody and if you know what you're signing up for i really don't think it's that bad a ride so better than the than the johnny B, the mark merrill match not as good as the savio vega match on the card uh more Take or a less, drink, everybody. yes uh, <laughs> i mean as long as the lights the stayed on for the savio vega match i think we'd be okay all right okay. jesse take take me home Oh. Oh. Take me <laughs> home tonight. I don't want to let you go to you see the oh, you see I, hope, the I hope Static X did not cover that. Be my little just, baby. Uh, no, they covered they covered the Phil Collins version. So take take me home. <laughs> you don't remember. Uh, that was, that's impressive. That's impressive. Uh, yes, look, look what the cat dragged in. I had the opportunity to listen to this album for the first time ever today. I, I've heard songs off of it, but I've never sat down and give it a whole listen. So while at work, I probably got through it at least three or four times before I had to unfortunately put my headphones down, and it wasn't a hard listen. It's something that you can put on and make your way through fairly easy, and nothing's going to be too offensive uh, and if you like Steel Panther, ladies and gentlemen, oh, you are going to be certainly pleased with Poison. Look what the cat dragged in. I, I'm not going to give this anything less than a thumbs up. For a first outing from a band in the 80s, uh, 
they did they they did a great job in my opinion. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some schlock on here and what you might <laughs> think is cheese, but you can get right past that as long as you uh, as long as you enjoy some good tunes. And and as for that last track, I just want to throw this out here. It's funny that you know Pat, you said you you didn't like it. Coop, you did. I honestly thought it was a cover. I thought, well, these guys, this didn't fit into me for some, for me some reason. It didn't feel original, but it is. I, I looked, uh, I just got on the internet just to see if maybe it was a cover or something. Uh, but uh, let me go to the show. It, it seems to stick out differently from the rest of the songs on this album. Um, almost kind of, I wouldn't say juvenile, but it it's it is what it is. You know, it's a it's a story about a kid wanting to go to a concert. We've all been there, just like Pat said. So anyway, thumbs up. I'm ready to rock and roll. Get out of here, Mark. Glad I got to talk to you guys tonight. Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, Pat. Uh, let's get into plugs. Uh, what do you want to plug tonight? Well, you can hear me last night, although since that already passed, you'll have to listen to the archived, not live version, of myself on Damn You Hollywood, along with our namesake of the network, Mark Radulich and Robert Winfrey. We discussed the Justice League movie, where I seemingly somehow confuse it with Avengers. Don't know how that happened at all because they're so different. Uh, <laughs> you, you can also hear me generally more often than not on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time here on the Rattleton Broadcasting Network for the 411 Ground and Pound radio show. We talk all things MMA. A lot of it's good, a lot of it's bad, and generally all of it's ugly. <laughs> okay. Like most of um, in my life. What the hell, man? All right, yeah, uh, some of the plugs have already been done. That's okay. Uh, source material, we reviewed The Dark Side War this past week. We, uh, As Pat mentioned, we reviewed Justice League on Old Men Yell at Clouds, otherwise known as Damn You Hollywood. Uh, our next show on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network will be this Friday, as we will not be working on Thanksgiving. Uh, at least I won't be. It'll be on trial with myself and Sean, and I will be prosecuting Batman very Superman. And he will attempt to defend it in his own right. Uh, you can God also bless. check out our shows on Black Mirror Season 3 and uh, a very special Metal Hammer of Doom where Robert got to pick the album, and it was Ackercock. I don't know what an Ackercock is, but it turned out to be wonderful. Wonderful Ackercock. Next week on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network, we've got some shows for you. Source material in honor of the new Runaways show on Hulu we did the we looked at the book that it was based on the first 18 yeah. issues of the Brian K Vaughn run uh Runaways uh damn you hollywood will review coco which is currently uh fresh on rotten tomatoes very well received movie who you know of course it is it's pixar they generally don't put out terrible movies and then we're back here on the metal hammer of doom we're back on we're back on track. We're reviewing new albums. This one is one that came out on November 3rd. We're finally going to get to it. It's Cannibal Corpse, one of Jesse's favorite bands. No. Him and Ronnie Adams uh, just sit down and they sing Cannibal Corpse songs to each other. They've been to all the shows. They know Chris Barnes personally, who isn't in the band anymore. He's in Six Feet Under. Uh, Red Before Black, Cannibal Corpse. He died? Jesse Starcher and Ronnie Adams' favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> waka waka. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> Jesse starts here. Do your thing, baby doll. Ah, uh, 
well, yeah, one thing about Cannibal Corpse, it does not have the word goat in the album, or excuse me, in the band name. So, uh, yes. Unlike goat penis. Unlike goat penis, unlike goat whore, or unlike goat, goat humper. Or goat moon. Goat moon? Yeah, they're a Nazi satanic black metal band. We they're, need to send that to Ronnie Adams immediately. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're a bunch of skinheads. <laughs> Send it He'll to Ronnie. It. <laughs> Sweet Ronnie. Oh, uh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, go give the Rattlich in Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. We've got MMA. We've got wrestling. We've got comics. We talk movies. You can check out all of those podcasts. We usually try to pop the link over there on the Facebook page. Uh, but if you want to go to the originator, blogtalkradio.com, and you can go up there, type in Radulich, R-A-D-U-L-I-C-H, check out all of the great content in the archives, lots of great stuff in there. My show, Source Material, where we discuss comic book storylines. We're about to hit yeah, episode 140, so there's probably something on there you may not want to have the chance to read, and we cover it. Uh, so if you want to check it out and listen to a little... Uh, audio version of a few guys discussing it, and of course, uh, cracking wise during that time, you're more than welcome to do so. Pat Mullen's been on there, Robert Cooper's been on there, Mark Radlich has been on there. So, a lot of people, a lot of great friends from the Radlich and Broadcasting Network show up on there. So, please check it out. As for me, uh, you, I, I tell you what, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Cooper, it's all you. Uh, there's this podcast. I'm on it. Mark plans it pretty well, so it's usually pretty uh, pretty on time. So, yeah, uh, Wednesdays at 9. Uh, Sentai Rider Podcast, uh, facebook.com slash Sentai Rider Podcast. That is S-E-N-T-I-R-I-D-E-R Podcast. We haven't done shit. We're probably not going to do shit, but people keep liking it. Thank you, South America. Uh, W2Mnet.com. Um, my buddy Sean Garmer. That's his, uh, his website. We share content. I was recently on their uh New Japan World Tag League, uh, World Tag League uh, Roundtable. So yeah, that's a thing. I was on it. It was pretty cool. Uh, scrapingthebottom.com. My buddy Kevin Merrill's uh, podcast, Scraping the Barrel, that I was on once. Again, a dumpster fire was used as the image for the episode, and I do not uh, disagree. At least he brought cake to celebrate my return. I'll have to bring cake next time I show up. And uh, finally, uh, not only will I be seeing the Abuelascaris, I'll be seeing Cannibal Corpse on my birthday, December 3rd. So, uh, yeah, if you want to come out to Arizona Pete's uh, here in Greensboro, Greensboro, North Carolina, fucking Cannibal Corpse, man. That'll be a, that'll be a good rip-roaring good time. And, that's, and uh, I'd that's like to congratulate you. Hanging. I'd like to congratulate oh, you yeah? on getting your syndication back on Hulu because now on Hulu available are all six seasons of Hanging with Mr. Cooper. And that was your first <laughs> show, is... if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> you know what is so funny is I had a cousin that used to pull my chain and he was like, yeah, there was a show called Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I said, what up, Matt? You're full of shit. And, yeah, he, he, he for once was uh, Lo and behold. not full of shit. Yeah, yeah, he he didn't bullshit me for once. That was the kid. He put, like, a he put cloves in my French toast and almond extract in my eggs. He loved to spike my food when I wasn't looking. He must be good on dates. <laughs> I was going to say, at least you didn't get H-bombed. But then you had to go there anyway. <laughs> Oh, you know me. I'll go there. But don't worry. I'm going to go hang out with my buddy Nick, who uh, I still need to get on this podcast. (laughs) Take a drink, everyone. (laughs) Enjoy the turkey, you bitches.
<laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank you, everybody. This has been a fun show, as always. Thank, Pat, thank you, Pat, for coming on. We hope to have you on again soon when something something tickles your fancy. Uh, we'll be, everyone have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Be well, be safe, and be happy. <laughs>